these are my confessions talking about cheating in fantasy football and also listening to Ozzy Grant and talking about toxic people in the rehearsal space. Welcome to Set the Stage Podcast. Hey. Hello. How's it going? It's great. Who are you? I'm Jordan Prince. <laughs> What's your deal? Okay. Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Great. And I am a director, collaborator, and teaching artist working on new work, devised pieces, and immersive experiences. I have to shorten that. I keep getting lost in the words. It's a lot of words. It is. I can shorten it. I'm going to work on it. Okay. Who are you? (laughs) I'm Margaret Boffman. She, her, hers. And I am a director, dramaturg, and stage manager of new plays and musicals. Amazing. Short and sweet. My check-in today is that we are recording in my apartment. Usually we record in your apartment. Um, But you graciously brought all the equipment over here, which I appreciate. Yeah, no problem. Um, And uh, because I'm a single mom today. Oh, single mom status. Single mom of my pup. Um, so I, since I'm going to a show later, I wanted to be able to spend as much time with my kiddo as possible. I will say that it is really wonderful to be sitting on a bed with a dog. <laughs> yeah. No, he is so sweet. And um, I actually got to bring him to a rehearsal the other day. <gasps> and how was it? it was, all of my dreams came true. Incredible. Um, He just like, he was like always hyper when I, not hyper, but... He always wanted to follow me. Like if I got up to like walk around the stage or fix something or something, he was like, but me too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I had him so he couldn't like, I had him on the leash and like set so that he couldn't just roam around. Yeah. um, So that he wouldn't get into anything. But uh, then during like the run of the show, he just like took a little nap and then he sat on my lap during notes and he was just so sweet. And everybody I think loved having him there. And that's my dream forever. So I really want it in my rider um, that my dog should be allowed to go to rehearsals. (laughs) I was like, literally, you've been talking about having that moment since you got Ozzy and you finally accomplished it. I'm so happy for you. It was a great day. I'm well. Follow him on Instagram at the great and powerful Ozzy. (laughs) Please do. He uh, he's going to be one famous pup. I think everybody I don't know why I keep promoting him because I think everybody that follows this podcast already follows Ozzy. That's probably correct. Just like the overlap of those people is, I think, the same. Yes. But um, future listeners, <laughs> yeah, please follow Ozzy. So what's your check-in? My check-in is, um, so last night I got a call from my youngest brother, and he wants me to join his fantasy football league. Fun. Um, which leads me to a confession that I must admit. Drama. Drama. Um, so we were part of an organization that was fundraising for our BFA fours. And one one This is a confession to me. This no. is a confession to you and to the organization of stars. Wow. Um, so we hosted a fantasy football draft. Yeah, I was there. You were there, yep. Um, we also had to be being on staff. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> um, but you know, we participated and it was a whole thing where like there was a screen and everyone had computers and we were all like picking people together. Except um I was in the back because I was not picking my people. My father was logged in from home. And he was picking the people for me, and I pretended to pick the people <laughs> in the room. 
Your dad was logged in for you? Yeah. So what happened was I was like, dad, I'm supposed to do this fantasy football thing. And I know nothing about any of these people. Can you give me advice on um, who to pick? And he started going on and on and on. And I jokingly was like, yeah, but could you just do it for me? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what? So we had this whole plan. He was at home. Um, on his computer at his desk and um, we were in the middle of the room and I was in the back and I had my computer like super close to me so no one could see my screen because it was there was nothing on it it was black like it was it was in sleep mode I feel fooled I I'm sorry (laughs) I'm not even sorry because I kicked ass that season That makes me more mad. <laughs> so um, shout out to Jay. Thanks for picking a great team. Um, to all of those involved in that Stars fantasy football draft. Um, I'm sorry, not sorry. That is so funny. Anyway, outside of that confession, um, Mark, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about um, being in a rehearsal room and kind of the things that can happen or the people in the rehearsal room that can make it uncomfortable for other people and why that is important. So I was directing a show and um, in the the cast was mostly women and non-binary folks. And there was somebody that um, was a cis man and he, um, on the very first read through and discussion, he just like made a lot of comments that were um, not kind of in line with the mission of the piece and that, made definitely me and other people um, feel, like, not great about his presence in the room. Yeah. And he was also taking up, like, a lot of space in the discussion and kind of, like, going on about stuff because this discussion was supposed to be, like, how, like, first impulses basically about your character from the first read-through. And um, he was talking a lot about, like, other people's characters and things like that Um, and just, like, I kept saying, like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, we can have this conversation. But right now in this, like, 15 minutes that we're having this discussion before Mm -hmm. we jump into, like, blocking the first number, like, uh, we're talking about this. Like, this is the thing we're talking about. And he just, like, really disregarded that. Um, And um, people, like, it was one of those things where I could feel in the room that other people were not vibing with him and that were, like... We want to talk about our stuff that we are supposed to be doing. Right. Um, But it was like a weird situation of like, uh, like he was not, he was not being like aggressively like, I don't care what you're saying. Like, I'm not going to do that. He just was unaware, I think, of like the way that he was taking up so much space Mm -hmm. and, and not doing what we were doing doing or what was set out to be done. So, um, you know, we, after rehearsal, we kind of talked about it and me and the, and the producer, the writer, um, and we were kind of like, he is not the right fit for this project. Um, there were definitely like other, like more clear red flags that I don't want to go into, um, on the podcast, but, um, but, uh, even just like with those things, like, uh, it was enough for us to be like, this is not going to work out. Like, this is not, if he's like this in every rehearsal, like, first of all, we're never going to get anything done. But right. also, like, he's really taking up the spots where, like, other people uh, needed to be 
sharing their reactions to the characters and like get going on that work. So um, that was the first time I think that I'd ever like objectively just fired anyone that like was working on a show like that. Um, And so, yeah, so I emailed him that night and I said like, Hey, thank you so much for your time. Like it's not going to work out. Like this is not the right project for you. Um, but like, ha- <laughs> like have good a good luck. Yeah, yeah, good luck out there. Um, so yeah, so so that was kind of like what made me think of this. But I I think talking about the rehearsal room and kind of the vulnerability that goes into the process and like making sure that you have people in a space that are going to respect other people's things that they're bringing out and also, you know, um, be aware of how they're being perceived in the room is really important. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about that and trying to figure out how to screen for it because I think, um, sometimes with auditions, you're like, wow, this person is talented. Right. Um, and, and you don't, if it's a quick audition process, you don't get to know them as a person the way that you would kind of like feel for that vibe in an interview. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that's something like I have taken away from this is making that time to talk to like, let them do their monologue or their song or whatever. And like when you're in final rounds of auditions and you're thinking about casting somebody or, you know, you're feeling good about somebody to also spend a few minutes just chatting to them and being able to feel out kind of um, more their like, I know in the corporate corporate world, you would call it like a culture fit. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's like what I've heard it called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Of like how they will fit in with the other people in the room and with the project and the content of the show. Like things he, were, he was saying just like did not make sense with the mission of the show and right. like the content of the show. And so... Um, that was like, like we were like, this is not going to work out. You're like, this is a toxic relationship and like a toxic relationship. We have to break up. I think a big thing with this kind of conversation is how much of it is it um, someone having a bad day and can't keep it out of the room and how much of it is like this person like ingrained into this person's personality. You know, I think there's some people that are like, well, He's not, you know, they're not really like this. They're just having a bad day. Like, they're really great, blah, 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 blah. And how much of it is like, no, you're just that kind of person and this is not a good fit. Yeah, I feel like that can be harder to gauge in other situations. This one, it felt pretty cut and dry because of the things that he was saying that were just like um, like values and and points of view that, are not held by the content of this production. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and so I think like that wasn't like that was clear to yeah. me. Um, but I do think I've been in situations before where I've gotten a first like impression of somebody's personality or whatever and been like, oh, they're very grumpy. Like this is going to be a whole thing mm-hmm. to have to work with them for, you know, X amount of time. Um, and then been like, oh, they were having a bad day, like the train was late and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that that's something it's, I think there is a line that is harder to gauge. So yeah. like, or like things can live on this. I did not feel like it was and yeah. had to like trust my gut on that. Absolutely. Um, But I do think like that is something where I've like tried to give people the benefit of the doubt and be like, yeah, like there's so many days where shit can happen to you on your way to the theater and you just be like in a really bad place. Um, yeah, 
like I, the other day I like tweeted about this. I think you probably saw, I don't know if we talked about it, but someone just like poured a bottle of water on me on the train for like no reason. But also it was like very, they like looked into my eyes and like, it was clear that it was a specific, like, I I don't know this person and like we had not interacted at all on the train. Yeah. They like walked from a different car was like, I'm going to pour water on this person. (laughs) That was me. And then left. And like, that put me in such a bad mood for the rest of the day. Um, yeah. Um, and so like in that, like there's so much of that, especially in New York that I think can happen to you, like on your way to the theater and then be like so grumpy or like out of it, you know, like not on your game. So I think like, I think there's like an empathy, like a reading the room sort of vibe that directors in particular, like I think that's part of your job to be yeah, able to 100%. do that. Like that's how you also like direct shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I think like, ideally that is like a a skill you have and can kind of feel out for like where people are entering the room. I think that's also why some people do like check-ins um yeah into the space to give give people a chance to say like hey, I'm really not feeling like my best today or yeah. you know whatever. Um so that we kind of know like oh, we're going to be working this like super emotional scene. Mm-hmm. Like how am I going to make sure that like people are safe in the room? There's a show I was just working on different from this one. Um, and it was Scarlett Grace McCarthy's Bury Me in My Leggings. Oh, it was um, so good. <laughs> which in scene 13, a character has to basically be, she throughout the scene gets pushed to the point where she, spoiler, um, murders her coworker or her manager. And so... Um, that was something like working in that space that um, like she has this arc in the scene where she gets more and more upset and then like has a moment alone on stage where she really has to be like pushed to the point of crying and and get into that headspace Um, which like as an actor like I'm aware that you don't want to enter that headspace if you're not feeling safe in the room or like that people will respect you and um and also, like, the effect that, like, going into that and then coming out of it can have, like, on your your experience in rehearsal. And so just, like, uh, you know, like, that was a quick process. Um, but, you know, in a world where we had more time and, and, like, if something like that had happened to her, I would have been, like, let's figure out, like, how we're going to work this scene today. And, like, I think that is an important part of your job as director is making sure that, like, especially when you're working things that are emotional um, in some way. And that's different for everybody, you know, like of what could pull out certain emotions, Mm -hmm. um, of that, making sure they feel safe. And if there's somebody in the room that makes them feel like, uh, like unsafe is so vague, but like that they're not going to be respected or that they're going to be judged for, you know, having to go through certain things, um, even as part of the script that like those people are not the right fit for the room. There's this teacher who um, teaches at my high school and she, for her first day of classes, has created this whole big board and there are different rows that's like, I'm having a great day, the best day ever. And like, today is a good day. Today's kind of meh, blah, blah, blah. I'm, and then the last one is like, I'm in a really dark space and really need help. And it's completely, an, an, it, it's anonymous to other students, but mm. a student will put their name on the back, like where the sticky side kind of goes, and they will put their sticky tabs on the board to kind of do a student-wide check-in 
um, wow. for yeah. how students are feeling that day. And this teacher, if she sees that there are people who have it in that last row or any of the lower tiers, mm -hmm. she will take the stickies at the end of the class and see the name of the student. And then she will respectfully and privately like reach out to that student um, during the day or pull them aside and say, hey, like, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And I think we're at a point in our lives where we are acknowledging these things. And I think it's really helpful to have that, especially in a space like a theater, which is inevitably like incredibly emotional. Yeah. And is going to pull things from you. And where actors and directors and, you know, people in the space, like I think are pulling from parts of their lives to imagine how characters are feeling or like in order to access the things that they need to, the situations they need to put themselves in mentally to like, to be these characters, like you're pulling from your own life a lot of the time. Um, and so how you are feeling or how you're doing like does matter and, and is important. My question for you is at one point, do you make it a teaching moment for that toxic person? Like if you have a feeling that this person really has no idea that what they're saying is, you know, it just has this, this, aura of ignorance, right? That they're not, they do not know that what they're saying has these kinds of effects. At what point do you make it a teaching moment for that person before you send them on their way? And at what point do you say it's just not worth it and we just need to get them out of here? I think in this situation in particular, we were under a tight timeline of rehearsal. Like it was not a six week long like rehearsal process where we had time. I personally was like, pretty booked outside of it as well mm -hmm. and didn't have time to be like, let's get coffee tomorrow and like talk about, um, you know, why you're wrong and all that. I think there are times where like I in particular have the emotional capacity or the intellectual capacity, like whatever, um, to sit down with somebody and be like, Hey, like things that you said were offensive to other people in the room because of this. And like, whether or not, like it's, it's not a question of like convincing them to like be more politically correct or something like that. But it's like being aware of how what you're doing is affecting other people. Um, there are days, times, rehearsals, whatever, where I think I have that ability to, to pull them aside and to talk with them and whatever. I am not being paid to do that. Right. And, and I think this happens for a lot of people that hold minority identities all the time. Yeah. Um, that they are doing a lot of educating that is like, unpaid emotional labor. And I think, um, I think that is important. And when you have the time and space and ability to do that, that that is super helpful. Um, I do think that not all the time people have the time and resources to have those conversations and, um, and can't be expected to do that every single time. Um, yeah. people are ignorant. Yeah, because I think I feel like especially in 2019 where people can go home and Google and find out like why they said what they said was not happy to other people. Um, I, I think like there is a teachability like aspect to it, but then there's also an awareness ability. And like mm -hmm. this person in particular was very unaware of how they were coming off in the room and how other people were feeling. Um, and I think if I think somebody that is, can be like, oh yes, 
clear, like Margaret has said three times that this is not the time and space for this conversation. I'm going to wait and then talk with Margaret after rehearsal. That, that to me would have shown an awareness that like we could have had that conversation and figured out how to deal with it and like kept that person on the show. But I think, I think the awareness is the like not teachable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a, um, a dialogue or anything with your cast afterwards that was in person about, um, everything that had happened prior to that, as far as this, this, this toxic person goes? No, I sent an email. I mean, it was the first rehearsal and it was like after the table read, like it was a pretty quick, it was like a small window of time Mm -hmm. that something happened, but, um, and it wasn't like, uh, what happened in the room with everybody like was not huge red flag. Everyone is traumatized, whatever. It was more just like annoyance yeah, kind of thing. Um, and so I just like, I, in that email that I sent that night um, after it happened, I kind of touched on things and was like, this is not how we're going to operate moving forward, blah, blah, blah. Um, but because it was a quick rehearsal process. And I think the next day, like right. only like the two leads or something were called. Like there was not, um, a time. there was not a good time. Yeah. And also like, I think we all were like, yep, everyone's on the same page moving on. I think like if it had been something that I thought was going to be received, not all the same, then I, I think I would have yeah. been like, let's call everyone, have a discussion, like figure it out. Or if there was like more like trauma to work through or something like that, like, that would have been different. But I feel like in this particular situation, sure, it was like, here's the thing that happened. We all know we were all there moving on. <laughs> yeah. For me, this wasn't even, I don't even like, I don't totally know what a safe space is. Cause I feel like for me, it's more about like awareness and respect. Mm-hmm. And like, that is a safe space. You know, yeah. like it's not about like not saying I'm not, I, I don't personally feel like it has to be like a pillowed PC, like everything is fine here. We're not saying anything like um, provocative, mm-hmm. you know, um, but there has to be an awareness and a respect of like that somebody is willing to engage with you in this way and to have that conversation Yeah, where people are listening to each other and like, uh, trying to come to an understanding like I think it's not about for me at least like it's not about safe but about creating like somewhere where everyone feels respected yeah I teach my students um whenever I'm in I have a classroom I always telling about uh oops ouch like ouch oops oh yeah 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 where um it's it's a this is a classroom where you can be honest and you can say how you're let us know how you're feeling and and say things. But if someone says, ouch, like if you feel that something has hurt you or Mm -hmm. something has made you super upset and you can't get past it, then say, ouch, as a way to acknowledge your feelings and like not feel like you can't acknowledge them. Then whoever was just speaking has to say, oops, right? Like, oops. And then we can open it up and say, do we want to have a conversation about this moment? Yeah. And I think it's so important to instill that even as young people of like be honest and open about how you're feeling, but it, but also be aware if it's going to hurt someone Mm -hmm. and also be willing to listen if it does hurt someone as to why it hurt them. Yeah. 
and that it doesn't always have to be like a whole thing. Like right. some, if it's something small, it's like acknowledging, moving on, like yep. acknowledge, apologize, move on. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's fine. Yep. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm so sorry that I said blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. I can just, oh, I didn't understand. I didn't know before that that is something that would affect you that way. I'm sorry. And then like move yep. along and yeah. we're fine. And I think as a director, there's also like, uh, if 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 a conversation is needed to be had in that moment, do you do it then or do you wait until later? Yeah. Right? Like, is it something that is worth like taking the time to have a conversation or is it something that you feel and those people involved can feel like they can wait until afterwards? Yeah. And I think that's a really hard and difficult line to tread sometimes. And I feel like, especially in 2019, <laughs> you know, as we are acknowledging these things, we're acknowledging trauma more openly. We're acknowledging our emotions more openly. Um, we as like the human race. Yeah, sure, We sure. are acknowledging when something's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. I think now is a, a difficult time to find where those lines are in a space, in a rehearsal space, especially. Yeah. Of when it's like, oh, this is helpful to us. We can use it versus like, this is not going to be a productive day. Like, well, let's figure out how to change that. Yeah. And I don't think there's like any anything. Uh, that's just like something that I think is interesting nowadays. Yeah. Oh, and it's totally a gray area. Like 100%. In conclusion. In conclusion. Um, I, yeah, no, I think it's a complicated topic. And I think like, I think I'm learning so much like as like every day, like kind of in that world and as I lead rooms and, and I think like as the director, you kind of are the person people, um, uh, you're leading the space when you're, when you're, when you're doing that. So I think like people do look to you to make those decisions, make those calls to adjust the room. And I think like that is a whole like skill set on top of, um, like actually directing a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that I think like I'm learning more and more like is important and how to how to manage that. Yeah. So, we're working on it. We're working. Yeah. We're working through it. But also like people are not perfect and Yeah. I am not perfect and like we're learning. We're learning. We're learning, we're trying. It doesn't always go amazingly, but we're we're trying. Well, thank you so much Mark for um chatting about that. Um, if you have a request and you want to hear something that we chat about or talk about or interview, send us an email at setthestagepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to tap, double tap in and like our photos or retweet our tweets, you can follow us at setthestagepodcast and also follow Ozzy. That is the ending message here. Always. <laughs> Always follow Ozzy. Um, one day he will star on this podcast and he will be the third co-host. I'm trying to make that day today. Hey, it's future Jordan here. I just wanted to remind you to follow us on Spotify and rate and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Thank you all for joining us. Come back next week for an interview and, uh, hope you have a great week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.